Hello, welcome to the Isn't That Wild podcast. I'm your host, Hunter. And I'm Cade. And today we've got a good one for you. This one's jam-packed with wild stories uh, from top to bottom. So stick around, get your popcorn. It's going to be a good time. Let's get into this thing. I really got to get into this story. Uh, I got to get into this story. So I'm driving home, right? I'm driving home from work. I'm on, uh, it's like five o'clock. It's rush hour. So I get off of the freeway, pull off the exit, and it's packed. There's traffic. It's like bumper to bumper. There's this car that's in the turn lane that's turning, trying to turn left into basically cross through my lane of traffic. Like, if I'm going straight, he's driving towards me, turning left. So he's waiting for an entrance to cut in. Yeah. And this car in in front of me doesn't stop, doesn't leave him enough space to turn. (laughs) And I didn't see him because there was so much traffic. So I caught it late, but I stopped, like, pretty abruptly. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, like... Thinking to myself, I was like, oh, that's nice of, you know, nice of myself to give this guy some space. Apparently not. (laughs) This guy was heated. Not only was he heated, but he was old. Like, you could tell, (laughs) you could tell how old he was by the facial hair and the, I could see the wrinkles through his facial hair. And he was wearing like these rhinestone encrusted like white. Like, some yeah, no, for real. They were like almost, I want to say clout goggles, but they weren't clout goggles. They just had that kind of like frame to yeah. them. And they had like, like, uh, they were white with like a silver pinstriping on them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was angry. Like he looked like he, nobody was letting him in for like 30 minutes. <laughs> like he looked like he was just sitting there. He was heated. And he didn't even have to say anything to me verbally. But what he did, I will never forget. Okay, it's burned in my brain. As I gave him this space, I'm thinking to myself, oh, that was like, you know, nice of me to do that. Apparently nobody else has done that. I could see. He looks at me, like throws his pointer finger at me. Like... Does a clink hand gesture towards you. Yeah, like gives me a a death stare almost. And he, okay, he's driving a Subaru. Also, I forgot gang. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. But he's he looks at me and he throws his finger at me like he he points at me like aggressively. And I was so caught off guard. I was like what what did I do? I would think you'd like wave at me, yeah. give me like a a little thank you. A little kiss. Yeah, a little something <laughs> something. But who like, I get that you're mad, man, but I'm the one that gave you the A-OK. Like, I'm the one that gave you space. And he just was not having it. He was he was mad. And on my rest, the rest of my commute home, I was like, dude, what age do old people need to get their driver's license taken away from them? You know? Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I think... I mean, obviously, when we're going to get older, it's like a prideful type of thing, you know? Like, you don't, you never want to stop driving. And uh, 
And uh, yeah, you never want to stop driving because I enjoy driving. Driving is like one of my favorite things to do, you know? Yeah. Love a good drive. Mm-hmm. A good drive. But at a certain point, you're putting other people in danger. You know? Yeah. And especially <laughs> when you're throwing the old finger pointer and you're running the cloud goggles. This is, you gotta enjoy you it. You gotta cut that's, it, that's man. Dude, right you now. gotta just turn it in. Like, I, listen, I'm the last person to be all for government mandate, tell you what you gotta do. Like, I don't want the government telling me. I have to do anything. Yeah. But there's got to be a, a certain age where it's like you blow out your candles on your birthday and then you turn in your license. All right, Grandma, get out your wallet. Like, let me let me see the license. Get the scissors. Yeah. It's kind of like when you're a little kid and your goldfish goes to your grandparents' farm forever and you never see it again, you know? Well, I mean, I don't know. Both your driver's license. Yeah. Oh, 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 I thought you were talking about Grandma. Oh, yeah, no. No, yeah, your driver's license. <laughs> Yeah, good save. Um, what? <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah, it just got me thinking. I was like, shoot, man, what age do you just gotta know when to hang it up? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what? It's like, hang the up. yeah, you gotta hang the cleats up. Obviously, there's like two ways you could go about it. There's a like self-diagnosis type of stage where you go, okay, I'm not good enough to drive anymore. I obviously gotta stop driving. But then there's also the aspect of it where the government could step in and be like. All right, you're 85, get out of here, you know? Yeah. You're taking the Uber X car, where do you want to go? Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know too many stubborn old people that are like, you know what, it's my time, <laughs> take my keys. Um, I think I rode with my <laughs> my grandparents one time. Uh, it was terrifying. I was like, someone needs to take these keys away, yeah. but you can't ever say that to your grandparents. Yeah. Like, how do you bring that conversation yeah. Especially up? Especially when you're like a little nine-year-old, you can't backseat drive. No, know. I was like 16. Oh. Okay. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was sketchy to yeah. say the least. Yeah, I could see a scenario where as soon as I get older, you might have to man up and do it, you know, but there's definitely certain people that need to get their license taken away from them. The first one that comes to mind is our- Dominic co- Wiggins. Oh, Dominic, but- <laughs> First one that comes to my mind is our old golf coach. Oh, Papa oh, Papa Chuck. Papa Chuck needs to be at the top of the list for license to be. <laughs> yeah. So for those of you that don't know, Papa Chuck was our high school golf coach, and to get to our golf matches, um, we'd take a team van. Yeah. Old Mercedes van. Old Mercedes van. <laughs> I don't know. Were we that bougie in high yeah, school? Yeah. We had a. We had. We're rocking the Sadies. Yeah, in our junior year, we had that big prison looking. Okay. Oh, that's pretty sweet, actually. Um, But anyways, there was nobody else that uh, was uh, eligible because of insurance reasons. He was the only one that could drive us. Like, our assistant coach couldn't drive the team. So, uh, I guess they figured, for whatever reason, that was safer, having an 86-year-old man drive us. 86. Maybe plus some change yeah, there yeah. too, like mentally probably hundred. Yeah, mentally. Listen, I love I love Papa Chuck, yeah. but he's got some good quotes, you know. He's got some great quotes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I remember one time we were driving to Corning, mm-hmm. and for those of you that uh, don't know, for our uh, German listeners, we've got a few German <laughs> listeners. It's about uh, well, I don't know the kilometers. Uh, it's about like a 45-minute drive. Yeah, okay. It's a 45-minute drive away from where we are. And um, we were on the highway, driving down the highway, and everybody's kind of asleep. It's pretty pretty early in the morning. Yeah. We're tired. 
all of a sudden you hear the <laughs> rumble strips on the side of the road, and uh, then you feel the your the jerk of the car swerve back into the lane. Your head slams against the window, and you wake up and you're like, "Huh, what's going on?" Chuck's all nah, nah. doesn't say anything, just yeah. gives a little. Nah. Long story short, we were winning just by making it to the tournament. Like we didn't even have to play to win. If we just if we made it there safely, I counted that as a win in my book. Yeah. Because he was such a bad driver. But uh yeah, that's Yeah. Reason number why num- reason number one why old people might not need their licenses anymore. Yeah, I mean we all know that old person that needs to get their license taken away. I guarantee you right now, as you're listening to this, you're picturing somebody. Uh, maybe a coach, maybe a grandma, a grandpa, <laughs> uncle. Hey, it doesn't even have to be someone who's old. It could be someone who's just a horrible driver in general, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe every 10 years you should retake your driver's test, and you're not doing so hot. <laughs> if you can't pass it in the first, like, few tries, maybe just pull the plug for <laughs> Yeah, pull the plug. Yeah. I, shoot, that's scary. I wonder how many drivers wouldn't repass the driver's test. I can think of one right now. I can, too. Paul Nick Wiggins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. Paul Nick, I know you're listening right now, and you know it, too. Yeah. That's that's a story for another time there. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Moving on to bigger and better bigger things. Bigger and better than, things. Than old people who don't know how to drive. Yeah. On a, on a more lighter note. That's like my a rant. A note. Uh, this week, SpaceX launched their SN10 rocket. And it went five kilometers up in the air, and it's a self-landing rocket. It doesn't just fall in the ocean like other rockets in the past. And it basically does like a 180-degree angle, angle turn mid-air, and it lands again with its own rockets and everything. And this is the third time they've launched it, and this time they successfully got it to land for a few minutes. And <laughs> it, it went kaboom, but that's besides the point. But it's just, I just... It truly blows my mind, like, that type of engineering and, like, the level of precisionness and the amount of man hours it takes to get someone like that done, you know? Precisionness. Yeah. That's a word right That's a word. That's, that's your daily word. Yeah. That's, yeah, no, that's nuts. Um, I, you can't even, like, people that don't understand how rockets work and how rocketry how complex that is a word how complex (laughs) that is and i'm not claiming that i am one of those people at all i'm a moron when it comes to that but um i ain't no rocket scientist but like we can't even comprehend how how like how much of a feat that is yeah like it just really makes me think of like the future of space travel and like what a historic moment this is that we're living in right now you know Mm -hmm. like 50 years from now, people will be thinking of like, man, this guy, Elon Musk, really revolutionized space travel, and we're all here to thank him for it right now, you know? Yeah. Elon, I love Elon. Yeah. I listen to him talk uh, on Joe Rogan's podcast, on our, our, our good buddy, Rogan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I listened to him talk, and he was saying that if a rocket doesn't blow up, it's weird. Like, he was saying that it's super normal for like it's almost part of the process to have rockets blow up because uh rogan was like your rocket blew up like is that a bad like were you discouraged by that and he's like no not at all he's like it'd be easy i would think uh a lot weirder of it if it didn't blow up (laughs) yeah yeah like totally like uh they got the data that they needed from the flight like landing it is 
a huge step in the process, you know, but they're really just trying to get those calculations and that extra data for the next time they do it. And eventually there's people on it, you know, later down the line. Good thing there's people much, much smarter than us True. figuring that out. Yeah. Elon Musk truly is a, is a renaissance man of our modern times. Yeah, he's a, he's a brain goat. He's a he's a he's a goat thinker. Uh-huh. Um, on top of that, so you know how we uh, we I say we like you and I had anything to do with it, but the Mars rover, um, Perseverance landed on Mars the other day. Yeah. Um, it freaking landed on Mars. I know. That's like, crazy am I the only one that, like, isn't as, like, mind-blown by that as I should be? There's been a few rovers in the past that landed on Mars, but the really cool one about this one is we're getting, like, real footage, not just pictures, footage of Mars and sounds of Mars. We've never even heard what Mars sounds like, and now we can hear what it sounds like through the rover. That's nuts. Yeah. So Mars is going to drop a mixtape? Yeah, <laughs> Uh, one really cool tidbit about the Mars rover, the one that just landed, is that someone who went to our hometown high school and went to the college that I go to and the college that Cade's eventually going to go to, they uh, work for NASA and they help put this whole entire thing together and they put a Paradise Strong sticker on their rover that got on Mars. So we have a little piece of our hometown on Mars right now. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. It just, it, it hit me the other day that I was, I saw that Mars rover landing on social media and I was like, wow, that's cool. And then just kept scrolling. And isn't I was that, like, isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? But like it, I thought about it later and it, it baffled me that I wasn't more surprised. Yeah. Like it freaking landed on Mars, dude. Uh, that really makes me think of like how crazy or how normal insane things like this are in our like daily lives mm -hmm. like imagine someone born like even our parents right before internet was even like really a <laughs> thing they went from having black and white tv and photos to launching <laughs> little spacecraft rovers on mars and like getting sounds from mars whoever would have thought that, that was the thing that was gonna yeah happen. that's insane think about your grandparents they yeah. went from the silent era movies yeah the they went from yeah. black and white movies to where like if you saw a black and white movie with no sound you'd be like holy cow yeah. this is living yeah. like what's next yeah. like you couldn't even think of what would be next and then now grandma's getting her license taken away and Mars is getting commandeered by a rover. Yeah. And, and like just a little bit over 100 years, we went from the very first car ever to landing a rover on On the Mars. moon. Or, on Mars. On Mars. Within like 50 years, it was on the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really like insane to even think about. You know? That is insane. Well... And you know who we're, well, not to thank, but you have made a huge amount of progress on all the space type of exploration. Who? The Nazis in Nazi Germany. Oh. Which brings us to our next topic. A more, uh, more controversial type of topic, but it's an interesting one. Mm. Uh, there's many theories that during World War II, towards the end of it, when, the Nazi, when Nazi Germany was uh, like losing, that a lot of the high-ranking Nazis and Hitler fled to Argentina they get away from their eventual demise. And uh, there's actually some solid evidence to this. And Argentina today 
there are cities and towns that are exclusively that exclusively speak German and are all the people live there are all of German heritage and they have like German war medals and like souvenirs and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's nuts. Uh, in those same colonies, those uh, basically Nazi colonies is what they are. Yeah. They continued their Nazi ways, I guess. They would kidnap the locals, like the local local uh, Argentinians, and they would experiment on them as if they were still in Nazi Germany. And uh, they were doing this in secret. Otherwise, obviously, it wouldn't have happened because America and its allies would have done something about it. Yeah. But, yeah, they're still there today. Yeah. And now, just finally now in the last, like, decade or two, people have started becoming privy of this. And they've been going to Argentina to try to search out maybe some of these old... Uh, Nazi people, well, obviously the older ones are dead, but they're like relatives who still carry on the traditions and try to get rid of them, you know, like catch them, war crimes, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just saw the other day in the news that there was like a 96-year-old man who was a a, a Nazi uh, prison camp like guard, guard? yeah, Yeah. and he got uh, deported from America back to, I think, Germany. It was one of those European countries where they extradited him, and he's on trial now for yeah, his war, war crimes. crimes. Yeah. Hey, you will never outrun it. It'll always come back. <laughs> you, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Which uh, makes me think. Have you heard like? Uh, well, obviously the reports are that Hitler killed himself in his bunker. But mm. when they did further research on it, they found that the skull matched that of a skull of a thirty-five-year-old woman. And not hmm. a man at all. So that really even like even further fortifies the theory that maybe they did escape. And if they didn't go to Argentina, maybe they went somewhere else. You know, there's a lot of theories about them going to Antarctica too. Even, but those are a little bit more out there. But hmm. still, you know, another theory. That is another theory. Yeah. That's uh, it's super interesting to think about. I, you know, obviously that's a massive conspiracy theory, and you'd like to think that Hitler was uh, eradicated yeah. when he was. But shoot, there's stranger things out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of Antarctica, <laughs> I hope y'all are sitting down for this because um, there's. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start it and say yeah, it. Go for it. So in Antarctica, it's been tons. There's been tons of studies from all types of uh, countries throughout the years, throughout history. In in Antarctica, it's a pretty. Uh, interesting place pretty wild so one of these countries that staked a claim and has been doing research up there for years is russia um and back when it was still the ussr in like 1991 they were the russians were they found this lake using sonar under two miles underneath the ice and it was a full uh 300 meter wide or 300 meter yeah it was it was really 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 big lake i think it was 300 i want to say 30 miles yeah let's go let's go let's get with that that's uh yeah let me fact check that real quick another type of great lake yeah (laughs) like speaking of antarctica while kate's researching this real quick uh it really strikes me, or really, it's really weird to me how no country, like, has, like, 
ownership over Zaxxas. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh well, there's like no one's claimed it yet, or ever fought to really get. It. it makes you think of like what's actually there. Yeah. Well, there's actually restrictions. We can't go. Yeah. Like civil uh, civilians can't go to Antarctica. But anyway, so figured that out. So yeah, fact check. Thirty miles, thirty mile wide, uh, and three hundred meter deep lake that has been untouched for ten thousand years. Yeah. It has two miles of ice covering it on top of it. And the Russians were trying to drill in it for 10 years. And they they used this drill that was an elevator at the same time. So it... <laughs> why is that funny? Uh, sort of picture <laughs> okay. So it would fit one man at a time. And it eventually, after 10 years, got through two miles of this ice cap. And it finally broke into this lake. And uh, it was a big story. Everybody was super excited about it. It was a big, a big uh, engineering feat that we finally broke through that ice. And then the story kind of just fell off, and nobody ever heard anything after that. So after the Russians broke into this lake, they, that drill that I was talking about, uh, they installed an elevator. It was just a one-man elevator, not like the nice elevators you think of, like with the music and yeah, whatnot. Yeah. This thing was probably just a ghetto claptrap yeah. <laughs> legs throw them down throw them up yeah, but uh anyways sends one person at a time so the first the first russian to go to this lake he's a, a biologist marine biologist and um they send him down and you know it takes forever it takes like a while to get down there at least an hour or so to get all the way down into the water and so he's down there by himself waiting for the next guy the next guy comes, the next guy comes, the next guy comes. So these are all scientists, biologists, whatnot. Um, and in total, there was uh, seven male scientists. Dang, the whole squad's there. The whole squad. And then one uh, woman, and she was actually an Olympic athlete. And she turned into a scientist after the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a career. Yeah. Um, so finally they get in, and they start doing their surveys and whatnot. Um, and then all of a sudden, and you have to imagine it's as dark as it can be. The only light you have is whatever light you have on your head or whatever you bring down. But this basically entire new world, it's been untouched by air, number one, and sunlight forever. And, uh, it hasn't seen air for 10,000 years. So who knows what's living inside there? Whatever is, if there is anything living there, it you it would be unrecognizable to humans. Yeah. So they're doing their studies and whatnot, and then all of a sudden, this flash of a creature flashes through one of their flashlights, mm-hmm. and obviously, you would be terrified. <laughs> so they all huddle together. And Are they in the water right yeah, now? Yeah, they're all oh, scuba okay. diving. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I should have clarified that, <laughs> I guess. They're all scuba diving in the water, all eight of them. And then they kind of break off, do whatever they do. They're excited because, you know, they're scientists and they just made a massive... They saw something moving is all they know now. Yeah. They don't think anything of it, but they're extremely excited because they get to be the scientists that break the news that, you know, there's something living down there. 
So they all break off, start doing their own studies. There's like geologists, biologists, you know, people doing all different types of work there. They're in there in pairs. So in these pairs, one group splits off. All of a sudden, one of their crewmates uh, starts, he's paralyzed. It just randomly out of nowhere. He gets paralyzed, starts seizing in the water. Can't move, can't do anything. They're trying to radio him. They, he won't answer. And then the flash that they saw... The flash? No, the flash <laughs> that they saw uh, earlier, turns out it was an octopus. Oh. A 14-legged... Oh. Normally octopus have eight legs. Yeah. This octopus had 14 legs. It was 13 feet tall. Dang. Well, I mean, that's a pretty specific number. It was probably somewhere between 10 and 15. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the report said it was 13 feet tall. That's massive, number yeah. one. And it approaches the, the paralyzed diver, and it rips him to shreds, oh mangles him. It's you know how oct- uh, octopus beak. have the beak. Yeah, yeah. It rips them to shreds, pulls them into that that beak. It munches them down. Makes okay? them some pulled pork beef. Yeah, yeah. makes them sushi. Pulled pork beef, pulled pork sandwich. <laughs> yeah, same yeah. same difference. Yeah. Um. So at this point, obviously you're freaking out. Everybody's huddled together. They don't know what's going on. They did see it. They did see that it was an octopus. They knew that, and they didn't know what was happening. So. To make this even worse, uh, regular octopi can shapeshift. They can make themselves look like oh, a yeah. uh, a lionfish. They can make themselves look like uh, uh, a rock. That's uh, a big lionfish. Whatever they want. Well, no, like a... a little one. Yeah. yeah. Kind of 13 foot tall. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about this octopus yet. We're talking about regular regular octopi. They can, they can change into... One-fifth of the rest of the ocean's creatures, as far as we know. So they're uh, extremely good at camouflaging themselves. They can turn their color, shapeshift, whatever. Whatever they need to do, they can do it. They're octopi are terrifying, number one. Extremely intelligent. Bringing us back to this octopus, which is no ordinary octopus. The second person that it decides to uh, victimize... The reports say that it shapeshifted into a human, a human diver. So it looked like all the rest of the divers. Um, and they were trying to radio this diver because they thought it was one of their own. And it wasn't answering, obviously, because it's an octopus. Yeah. And it got so close that it attacked one of the divers, ripped him to shreds, and took off. Uh, so obviously after it kills two of your, uh, crewmates, they all huddled back and, uh, they went up to, they got out of there as fast as they could. Yeah. Took (laughs) them, took them. I, I, yeah. They tried to radio fake diver for 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, uh, so they finally, they get back up to the top. They tell the scientists that are up top, uh, two miles above the ice, what they, what they've seen, everybody's freaking out. They then, you know, being Russia, decide that they have to trap this octopus. Mm-hmm. Get revenge. Well, I did, think about it from a scientific stand oh, standpoint. Yeah. That's yeah. insane. That's a an organism that hasn't 
ever seen civilizations. It's built different. It's built different. I don't appreciate your comedy during (laughs) this. This is a serious story. (laughs) So they decide they need to trap this thing. And to to trap this octopus, they decide that they're going to use the woman as bait. (laughs) And not because she's smaller, not because she's a woman, but since she was an Olympic athlete, they figured that she'd have the uh, best capacity. Yeah, the the uh, the best chance at fending for herself. So they give her a hatchet, right? They give her a hatchet, and they put her in a cage with this octopus. Well, not with this octopus. Okay. <laughs> she was the bait. Yeah. So she's in there waiting for this octopus. It uh, is alerted because she goes back down. She's with this octopus mm-hmm. in the floating around somewhere. A cage with an octopus? I feel like this isn't going to turn out that well. Well, I okay. It wasn't your average oh, jail cell. <laughs> it, it was whatever it was. It worked. Right <laughs> whatever it was, it was for um, designed for this octopus. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't appreciate your your comedy here this is a, a riveting story i see a lot of flaws in their their current game plan i'm just calling them out you know? okay you were just talking about freaking nazis <laughs> in argentina and uh hitler not killing himself yeah. okay anyways this, over. no the rant is not over <laughs> um this octopus eventually gets trapped in the cage somehow the woman eludes it, but it did get one tentacle wrapped around her, and she chopped it off with the hatchet. Yeah. And uh, so they pull this octopus up to the top, and they figured out that the reason why the uh, first diver was paralyzed was because this octopus has a venom oh. that paralyzes its prey mm-hmm. from up to 150 feet away. So you know how uh, squid have a ink oh, sac? Yeah. It's it's a a fluid that it squirts that you don't have to inhale or anything. Oh. It just once it touches your muscles, it seeps and it's absorbed oh. by your body, Dang. and uh, it paralyzes you in your muscles and you can't move and you can't do anything. So this octopus was uh, it paralyzed that person that scientist and while they were down there they said when the octopus was around it was scrambling their radios Hmm. so it had the uh the ability to scramble radio frequencies and it can paralyze you from 150 feet away Mm -hmm. and it can shape shift into (laughs) whatever it wants it sounds a little op yeah it sounds real op and uh Exactly. It sounds too OP for the public to know about, right? So once they got this to the top, once they finally, like, out of the trap and whatnot, the Russian military confiscated the octopus, took it back to wherever they take alien octopi. The gulag. Yeah, took it back to the gulag (laughs) and then told the public that uh, nothing, they didn't find anything. So they're obviously going to try, or they're trying to weaponize it. And uh, then who knows what they're going to do with that. And the reason, okay, listen, I know that sounds like a lot of cap, okay? I know, that, <laughs> I, know that sounds, I know that sounds like too good to be true. But 
uh, it came from one of the the divers. The story came from one of the divers that defected to the USA after the um, Soviet Union. After the Soviet Union um, collapsed. Well, yeah, collapsed, yeah. and he was terrified of what he saw down there, and he didn't like that uh, the Russian government wasn't going to tell everybody what they saw. And so he defected to the USA, told his story. Um, so take that for what you will. That sounds like, when you think of aliens, that could be an alien right there. That is an alien. Yeah. Alien object. Yeah. That was in Antarctica, you said, right? Yeah, that was in Antarctica. Yeah. I wonder how many, how many more things there are like that in Antarctica that like, they don't want the public to see. And that's why they have it's such like a restricted area, you know? Yeah, no, you're not even allowed to go anywhere near Antarctica. It's insane. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? (laughs) Long story short, never go into a lake that is two miles under the ice that has never been seen or touched by humans before. Never use a drill elevator either. Yeah, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Well, that was a great little little report you had that was really impressive yeah i don't want to hear it out of you after you <laughs> no that was actually really interesting yeah, yeah i know i wasn't laughing at your story i was laughing at their plans like all their plans didn't make sense what would you do if you were confronted back, by an alien I octopi go back down there if i was then after the two people got wrecked you know yeah i mean i guess do you I just mean, yeah, let well, it I mean, live its life with, with i don't think they had a choice yeah that's what i was thinking if you're I the think... soviet union you'd probably be forced to go down there yeah yeah that is truly wild. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's that. That was in my head. That was the most wild uh, story that I've heard. Yeah. Um, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on a little lighter note than that, like a more little playful note, we're gonna have this uh, this segment every week in our podcast called Florida Man Headline of the Week. <laughs> So to start, well, we had one, we had a few we talked about last week, but this is the first official one. So So the very first Florida man headline of the week is from, it is from January 1st, 2015. The headline states, Florida man trapped in unlocked closet for two days. (laughs) Only a Florida man would get trapped in a closet for two days. Like, do you not even try to handle? How does it even happen, you know? Probably drugs. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Probably drugs. Uh-huh. I'm tripping on bath salts. I can think of a few people in our life that that could happen to. All right, on three we're gonna say it. Yeah. One, two, two three, three. Garrett. Garrett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue <laughs> to our Garrett story. <laughs> so this Garrett story is very near and dear to both of our hearts. Mm-hmm. This is a multiple year occurrence of this story. It's a very long story. This story is about Garrett's monkey statue that Lemur. you have in his yard. Lemur statue that he mm-hmm. had in his yard named Lester. Yeah, lemur slash raccoon. Yeah. So, how this came about is one day I was at Garrett's house with a couple of buddies. Don't exactly remember who was there. I'm sure they do. I was there. Hunter was there. Yeah. But I picked up Garrett and we're in the front of his front of his yard pulling out. I see this like raccoon lemur like lawn ornament in the front of his yard. I'm like, Garrett, what the heck is that? He's like, oh, dude, I love that thing. He's like, that's Lester. It's his yard piece. Yeah, he's like, that's my prized possession. (laughs) I was like, what? Number one, 
if you're one of our friends, you don't tell us what your prized possession is yeah. because that automatically becomes public enemy number one. Mistake number one right there. <laughs> and so with that said, <laughs> I was already scheming in my head. I was like, dude, that has to be stolen. Yeah. There's no other way around this. Lester is getting stolen. So Operation Lester is born. Initiated. Is yeah. born. Yeah. yeah. So basically, every time our group of friends would hang out, we get bored. We go, "What can we do tonight?" Sometimes we play basketball. Sometimes we play video games. You know. We lived in a small town. Yeah, we drive around, and we came up with this idea: let's steal Lester and hide him from Garrett, and Garrett will have to find out where Lester is to get him back. Mm-hmm. So we started off small. We would hide him at our friends' houses or places he could easily find, and or if he couldn't find him, we would tell him eventually he'd get him back. But it kept on ramping up and up, and it would be a weekly occurrence where we would go to Garrett's house in the middle of the night, steal Lester and drive around and scheme a place to hide Lester next. Mm-hmm. And my personal favorite spot that we've ever hid Lester <laughs> is in our uh, teacher's yard, Mr. or teacher Mr. Bullock. Are we name dropping now? Teacher? Just, just Bullock, yeah. Well, okay. No, no one can figure, yeah. Oh, Bullock. Well, we said, okay. Yeah. Okay. Just I Bullock. Mean, yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, just Bullock. All right. Yeah. So uh, we no longer have liability of whatever. Oh, he already knows it happened. No, I, I'm not talking about him. Oh. Well, who else is gonna hear that? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I think we only have like <laughs> yeah. I think we only have like two people yeah. that listen to our podcast, anyways. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Bullock, so we put it on his lawn in the middle of the summer, and it was probably I'd say like two or three in the morning when we did it. Yeah. Yeah. We just put it on his front doorstep. That's all we did. Just leave it and go. And uh, we didn't think anything of it, but Garrett didn't have it, and he was missing it for a while. And the very first day of school, Cade walks in to class, mm-hmm. and Bullock says... Yeah, Bullock, uh, so I'm... Actually, I was standing outside of class, oh, okay. talking yeah. with uh, some buddies. Yeah. Bullock walks up to me, first day of school. He taps me on the shoulder. I was like, oh, hey, Bullock. He's all, I need to talk to you. And I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Guaranteed he knows <laughs> who put Lester, the 50-pound concrete raccoon, <laughs> on his front doorstep. And I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, okay. So, uh, get into his class. I have it next period. Get into his class. He doesn't say a word to me all class period. And that whole 50-minute class, I'm just thinking, I'm like, dude, what's he going to say? At the end of class, he go, I start walking out. He's like, ah, uh, actually, I need to talk to you. I was like, okay, all right. He goes, so, uh, you lose any raccoons lately? <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, what do you mean? And he's all, he's like, well, uh, if you checked your email over summer, I sent you a video. And uh, I didn't check my school email over summer. Video? Yeah, Damn. yeah. So he had, um, he had, uh, security cameras on his front on his front porch that uh, were hidden pretty well because I never saw them, <laughs> and um, so he, I what kid what high schooler checks their school email yeah. over summer never checked it, so he sent me a video of uh, myself and another buddy waddling up to his <laughs> <laughs> front porch. This sucker's heavy, so it takes two of us. Fireman's carrying the Lester. Yeah, we're we're hauling this thing <laughs> up to his front door, and we angle it perfectly to where the the eyeballs of this raccoon are like 
eyes locked with whoever opens the door and looks out. So you look down, you just see this raccoon staring at you. Just death stare. Creepiest little thing. And he sends me the video of me and a, a buddy of mine waddling up to his front door, putting it there, and then scuttling off into the night. <laughs> and then peeling out in my truck, going as far as we can away from it. We're, you know, at this point, we're high-fiving, we're laughing, yeah. you know, thinking we're slick. Uh, no, we're, we weren't. And uh, he told me he was he was on a camping trip uh, in Oregon, and we live uh, in Northern California, so he's quite a ways away, he's hours away. He can't get to the door or yeah. anything. Since he had cameras, uh, it alerted him on his on his phone that somebody was at his front door. Uh, and he didn't have enough Wi-Fi to view the video, so all he saw was there's notification or uh, there's movement at your front door. At two in the morning. Yeah, at two in the morning. So in his mind, he's like, "Great, somebody broke into my house." Yeah. And he can't see the video, so he doesn't know. So he calls his uh, father-in-law to come check on the house <laughs> the next morning, and the father-in-law comes, drives, sees a raccoon on his front porch, yeah. and uh, he reports back to our teacher that there's a. 50 pound concrete <laughs> raccoon staring at his front door so uh yeah. mr bullock rightfully so uh took lester the the lemur raccoon whatever you want to call him into his house garrett lost his lester privileges yeah garrett lost well I, we we uh-huh. kind of forfeit lester yeah. so the point is is like that was what our friend group did and it, it branched out to other friend groups they would just it got to such a big thing where people would just steal lester and hide him anywhere at like random people's houses i don't know how but it always found its way back to garrett sure. the worst part about the story of bullock is that we didn't even get the lester back from garrett had to go to bullock yeah. and ask for lester himself yeah to get him back imagine how awkward that is oh hey, yeah. can i have my 50 pound lester <laughs> raccoon back please <laughs> and sure <laughs> well in Another thing, we were like, we were like, Bullock, just keep it. He's like, I don't want it. We're like, why? He's like, where did you get it? I was like, uh, well, I stole it from Garrett. <laughs> He's like, well, where did Garrett get it? Well, Garrett stole it. Well, Garrett else. stole it from somebody else. <laughs> so, yeah, that is a good question. I don't know where Garrett got it from. I think he did steal it from somebody. No, I think he got it from a yard sale for like free or for like real cheap, I'm pretty sure. But still. If I know Garrett, I'm pretty sure he stole it. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so our teacher, he would have kept it, but he just didn't want stolen property in his house. So he kept it for like a month and a half until school started up again and then, uh, returned Lester to Garrett. And then the cycle, the vicious cycle uh-huh. started all over again. It continues. We didn't put it on any more teacher's houses, but. Yeah. And the saddest part about the whole entire Lester story is that Lester died in the campfire. Yeah. Lester. He was... met his ultimate demise. Yeah. He, uh, rip R.I.P. Lester. Uh, there's a very heart-touching picture of Garrett holding Lester in shambles after the fire. He mm. was just toasted. There's nothing he could do. Yeah, nothing yeah. he could do. It was just his severed head. Uh, Garrett told me when he was leaving the fire, he had his dog on one arm and some water in the other arm. I'm like, Garrett, you should have your dog on one arm and Lester in the other. What are you doing, man? Uh, I think it should have been just Lester. He fumbled the bag, obviously. Yeah, I love dogs, but what's what was really more important... <laughs> What really affected a large amount of people more? Yeah, whose lives were touched more? <laughs> so, Harry Lester. Yeah, uh, he'll this never episode, he'll never be forgotten. This episode is dedicated to Lester. 
It is dedicated to the last three. Yeah. Oh boy, how do you follow that? I don't know. That's a that's a <laughs> one one heck of a topic, right? That there. is one heck of a topic. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got a another wild story. Yeah. Um, this is more. It's not. A, this one is actually confirmed. There's. This is a not a conspiracy theory. It takes place in 1962 during the Cold War. It's called Operation Northwoods. You know, covert operation. Mm-hmm. You know, we stole Operation Lester. <laughs> so, uh, pretty close. But, anyways. Uh, in 1962, the U.S. was in a uh, heated Cold War with uh, Cuba, Russia. Uh, basically, America didn't want communism so close because if uh, the Cubans got the Russians nuclear missiles, they could send them anywhere, basically anywhere in America and cripple America before America could do anything because they were so close. If, let's say, Russia sent a nuke, uh, America could intercept it because it's so far away and we have satellites and whatnot that would take care of that um, because they're so far away. So, obviously... Cuba having these nuclear powers is an extreme no-go. So America had to do something and to stop that. And at the time, Cuba's uh, dictator was Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. And so America hatched all of these wild plans to uh, get rid of uh, Fidel Castro any way they could they didn't care if they killed him they didn't care if they humiliated him just any way to get him out of the picture they wanted to so cia fbi all the three-letter agencies they're all fbi female body inspector no 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 not that one. No, no no this is the uh federal bureau of investigation uh i'm pretty sure don't quote <laughs> me on that um but yeah, they're all hatching. They're all hatching schemes to get Fidel Castro out of there, just any way you can. One of the uh, more stranger ideas that was hatched was they would send a uh, a secret agent to uh, spike Fidel Castro's medicine and his drinks with uh, estrogen, so that he would uh, grow breasts and become. And this isn't my word, so don't come after me. But he would become irrational and more hormonal and uh, not be able to make good decisions uh, that uh, somebody in the place of uh, high stress, you know, what he would need to do. Um, Keep it going. (laughs) So they, they were trying to make him hormonal and act out, lash out, whatever. They're trying to embarrass him in front of the world. They were trying to make him grow breasts. They literally... We're trying to make him uh, just embarrass him in front of the entire world so that his people wouldn't respect him. And uh, they figured that would be an easier way to get rid of him. For whatever reason, that got an ex-nade. Couldn't tell you why. (laughs) Got scratched off the board. But that is true. Um, And now that brings us to Operation Northwoods, which is a plan developed by... uh, high ups in the National Defense Security uh, Administration Association. Administration. (laughs) And uh, 
So their plan was to the USA would bomb a U.S. naval ship, whether it be manned or unmanned. Um, like they would bomb our own U.S. naval ship, and they would do this to uh, incite, and they would blame it on Cuba. So that the American people would uh, be outraged and have a reason to hate Cuba. So that the Americans could justify going in and bombing Fidel Castro. Because that's what they wanted to do in the first place. But they knew the uh, American civilization, the the, uh, American people would, you know, frown upon just going and bombing somebody. Yeah, I wonder how, like, people in the military today, when they hear that, what they think. Like, our, our buddy Dom is at the Naval Academy. Yeah. I wonder what, like, him and his fellow, like, prospects <laughs> wow, they're going to, like, freaking destroy us yeah. just so they can start a war. They, you can, know? they can, yeah. yeah. And then what gets even worse than that is they were going to have uh, Cuban plants, like, uh, U.S. soldiers dressed up as Cubans, and they were gonna uh, unleash them in Miami and other cities, Washington D.C. Um, and they were gonna commit terrorist attacks against Americans and kill innocent civilians um, to, and then pin it on Cuba, and say that they were uh, Cuban refugees, just like sleeper cells waiting for their opportunity, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And um, a whole other a slew of uh, other operations and plans to try and incite rage with the American people so that they could have a reason to go bomb Fidel Castro. And another one was they were going to uh, paint a a U.S. AC-130, or uh, not an AC-130, a uh, 747 Boeing, one of yeah. the passenger airplanes. And they were going to paint that to look like a civilian aircraft. And they were going to uh, say that there was college students in it on a, a missionary trip down to Cuba. And they were they were going to uh, remote detonate it with a bomb that was uh, activated by radio. And they were going to have a pre-recorded recording saying that we've been uh, fired on by... Cuban MIGs, which are Cuban fighter jets, mm-hmm. and say that Cuba shot it down so that, you know, they could go have a reason to take out Castro. And then when this uh, was fed up the chain to the president, JFK, he was disgusted, thankfully, with this mm-hmm. uh, idea, and he... Uh, immediately rejected it, fired everybody involved with making this decision. Um, and if it wasn't for JFK, I mean, I would hope most, yeah. if all, whoever was in charge at that time would make the same decision he did. But for, I mean, all they had to do, all JFK, all this plan had to do to be uh, completed was JFK just had to say, okay. I wonder if this has to do with uh, the assassination of JFK. Because I've heard a lot that he was kind of like outspoken like that. Like he, mm-hmm. he was going to stand up for what he believed in and he wasn't going to do the American people wrong, you know. And 
doing something like that could have rubbed a lot of people who worked on it the wrong way, especially if you fire all of them immediately, you know? And that could have created a lot of enemies into his eventual demise, you know? Yeah, they, uh, they actually thought that he was weak for doing this because he wasn't willing to harm American citizens. Mm-hmm. So um, they, it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, which is horrifying. That, that the government would do that. That reminds me a lot of uh, a lot of those conspiracy theories about how the flight uh, got shot down by the Pentagon, or yeah, by the Pentagon, but uh, when nine eleven was happening, you know, mm. how a lot of people have theories that that was shot down to prevent like a terror attack, you know, and obviously they're not trying to create. Oh, I don't think they're trying to create a war with that one. Who knows? But yeah to prevent a future attack but it really makes you think of like how many planes like that one plane in malaysia, malaysia yeah, yeah. Like flights like that that there's like hundreds of people i get shot down and they never like come to a conclusive end of it you know yeah and i mean the thing with like the 9-11 conspiracies and stuff is like i've always i typically get upset when somebody brings up like a 9-11 conspiracy or or discredits it in any way not because of, like, the conspiracy or whatever. Like, I like thinking about conspiracies. I don't believe a lot of them, but they're fun to think about. But when it comes to, like, 9-11 and whatnot, it's just the simple fact that, like, American citizens, innocent people died for no reason. That, it just, to me, it, like, makes me so mad to think about. And Yeah, I don't think they're attacking. I don't think they're trying to make it seem like their lives are not as significant, you know, from it. They're no, trying yeah. to say that, like, the cause of it, you know. No, like yeah, the yeah. intentions behind it. Like, right. it's still a horrible thing that happened. They're just trying to say, like, maybe this is deeper than we think, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And but yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's, like, totally messed up either way, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I don't know, I tread pretty lightly with yeah. 9-11 deals, mm-hmm. conspiracies, whatnot. <laughs> Just out of respect, yeah. number one. Well, I, that was another great topic right there, Kate. I'm proud of your research. Thank you. Not thank so you. Not you just seriously, I'm proud of you. Well, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, for our next fun topic, <laughs> we have the age-old debate amongst our friends. Oh. Who would win, tiger or gorilla? Oh, boy. One-on-one. There's oh, many gosh. varied opinions on this, and it gets pretty heated. So we'll Yeah, this gets heated. Our, our, our friends... Everyone's pretty opinionated, and they're all pretty set in their ways, yeah. stubborn, which isn't a bad thing. I mean, I, I actually go back and forth on this one sometimes. Really, I'm not really that far set in either one. Really, yeah. it's not the it's not the hill yeah. you choose to die on. Yeah, the thing, the one that I always lean towards is tiger in the end, because mm. while gorilla is like stronger, I feel like the gorilla is gonna give up easier. Hmm. Versus why is that? The tiger, I don't know. They're more, you know, like there's they're. They're not well. They're similar to humans a little bit. I think they have, they care for each other. They have like families, and they have, like, you know. <laughs> so wouldn't like that give families. him? Wouldn't that give him more? Like if he has a gorilla family, I, I feel, like they're, I feel like they're more like. Wouldn't that make him? Yeah. So wouldn't that give him more drive to I feel like it could go, win? It could go either way. But the tiger, they're like the lone tiger now, and they're just out to. What if the tiger has cubs? Yeah, they're not one of those animals that like care for him and stuff. Once they're out there, they're just like whatever, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, personally, I will always go with the silverback gorilla. That thing, all I, okay, okay. All I need to say is two words. Opposable thumbs. Okay? 
that sucker can rip a tiger apart. Who cares? It has. It can grab. It can choke that tiger out if it wants to. It yeah. could grapple that thing to the ground, and it can climb a tree. Okay, okay, okay. That's a different. That's a different. That's a different. That's a different story. Let's just say no trees. Okay, no trees. <laughs> There's like a little brick. They're wall just. A, they're here. just in a. a uh, a thunderdome <laughs> two animals enter yeah. one one animal leaves situation yeah. well i think the yeah I, i'll give you the gorilla if it gets a hold of it it's done but i think the tiger it's got that bite it's got claws it's and tigers are huge they're like yeah they're the biggest big cat you know yeah and think about the thing we were talking about last year they've killed like yeah five they killed like, five people a day for yeah, 90 like years Four hundred thousand people over the last 200 years or 200 five pe- five, five they've people killed five people a day for 200 years and obviously those people aren't like gorillas but they can obviously do a lot yeah, of no. damage and i feel like well yeah when a gorilla has to be aggressive it's aggressive but i feel like a tiger has that like x factor where it's just mean and it's nasty yeah see i don't know if the ti- I, I it's intangible you know yeah, no, yeah. I get your I get your X factor deal. Yeah. I I think the gorilla is more intelligent. Yeah, um, yeah. And the biggest X factor of all, again, I'm gonna say it, opposable <laughs> thumbs. A tiger. What happens if a tiger gets a little bite on that thumb and be like, then it's screwed. He's so. got three other ones. He's got little monkey feet. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's got three other thumbs. He's Does good. He's got thunder thighs like that. Probably, He's dude. Laying the smackdown on him. Dude, gorillas, especially silverback gorillas, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. I will always be rooting for the gorilla. I think I it's no brainer. I would be either way, but I'm okay. going towards the tiger. I'll give I'm you not, that. I'm steadfast on one or the other. Either. I'll give you that. I wouldn't be surprised if the tiger won. I, I don't think it would be a beatdown. That's why it's such a good debate, because it's so close. You know, It's hard to really decide. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to give it to the gorilla either way. I think... If you're if you're talking about X factors and tangibles, it, it's quick, smarter. Quick KO gorilla, but long quick term, KO like if it's gonna give it the one two yeah, Mayweather. Long term, I think Tiger's got him. It just depends. Long it's term, like Connor, you know, if you, Connor gets past Connor McGregor gets past the first round, he's done for. But first round, you gotta watch out, you know. Yeah, no, I I'll um, I'll give you that. Yeah. He's a he's more of a first couple round fighter yeah. if he goes past the first round. second round. Yeah. yeah, if he gets into the third round, he's. Odds are he's gonna lose, yeah. but uh, again, Conor McGregor's like five ten, hundred and seventy pounds. Gorilla is uh, massive. Massive. <laughs> um, yeah. So Gorilla is five foot two, three hundred and fifty pounds. Five foot two. Uh, yeah. Man, I got like a full foot of that gorilla. You do. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you have a chance, though. Well, the back. How how much do girls weigh? You know? Okay, granted, here. the tiger's bigger. Here. The tiger's bigger. Here. I know. I'll, I'll give you the stats right now. Male tiger is between eight feet and thirteen feet. Long. Long. Yeah. Yeah. And it's between two hundred to six hundred eighty pounds. So if we're going biggest gorilla versus biggest tiger, we're looking at a thirteen foot long tiger that's nearly seven hundred pounds. Okay. Okay. With a full set of choppers. Okay, okay, okay. The biggest gorilla is six feet tall. Uh-huh. Okay. Weighed 589 pounds. So what I'm hearing right now is that the tiger weighs more. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. New evidence. Uh, males in captivity can reach 683 pounds. Yeah, what do you got to say now? 
Okay, so okay, yeah. No, no, but oh, here, here's the deal. Oh, okay. that's, a, that's a little wussy cap- captivity tiger right there. Being, <laughs> yeah, tiger. Yeah, that's being sat in there. The Kevin James, the zookeeper, is feeding it meat <laughs> every day. It's just lounging around. Little five-year-olds are watching it just lay in the sand. <laughs> okay. If we're going strictly wild animals, and plus that gorilla doesn't have a family. He doesn't, you know. Yeah, he does. No, Gorillas got a family. Not in captivity. Who says? Who says? <laughs> I, what do you mean? Every they, gorilla they has a family. Every time you go to the zoo, there isn't. Maybe there's like gorilla friends, but there's no gorilla family like there is in the wild. Yes. What do you mean? They've all got their little gorilla tribes. I don't know about that one. Uh, you're capping. You're capping. No. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking. This is the ain't that wild show. Isn't that wild? Show? <laughs> it's the isn't that wild show. We're talking about wild things, not well captivity. Fat gorillas. Rick okay. Ross gorillas. <laughs> Whoa. No, yeah. I'm talking about fat gorillas. Okay. Yeah. Because Rick Ross is probably 300. The gorilla's probably double his size, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's yeah. a. Yeah. Um, like Chuck Liddell sized gorillas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like my 600 pound lion gorillas. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but. We, let's say we put this gorilla in camp, right? Like he's got six weeks to get ready for UFC 229. You get this thing, a trainer, with some mitts, and he's throwing jabs and combos all day, dude. It's over. It's lights out. I don't think the girl's got the forward range of motion. I think he's got like tomahawk through my. Dude, either way, <laughs> either way, bro. He's Trevor Thurman tomahawk in that home run. <laughs> That's deep. That's yeah. going deep yeah, into the. Only like three of you guys know that reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that deep, <laughs> if man. Know, you know. If you know, you know. Yeah. I don't think either of us are budging, but I could see I could go either way. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the tiger won, but I would say that the gorilla would win. We'll put a we'll put a poll out tonight in our story on our Instagram for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. To vote on. We'll mm-hmm. see the results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Well, uh, I've been thinking, while well, we're brainstorming for topics for this episode, one that came up that a lot of uh, podcasts do that I think is pretty interesting is how would you hypothetically rob a bank if you were a bank robber? Like, if times got real desperate, you know? Mm, how would I do it? Yeah. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. Right. Yeah. So, uh, if there's any lawman listening to this, yeah, can't hold me accountable because it's just hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, um, how would you? Well, I've been thinking about this a little bit beforehand. You said some time to prepare. Yeah, I gotta have some. Yeah. I gotta have some time here. The dream scenario to do it is honestly to do it on Halloween, because you could wear any costume you want to, <laughs> and you blend in with everyone. And you can't do it in a little small town. You got to go to like L.A. somewhere where there's a lot of people out. Obviously, you can't do it during COVID because there's going to be not that many people out. But <laughs> in a typical year, where there's a lot of people out in costumes. You'd blend right in. How many you adults know? wear costumes? In well, think about like teenage kids. If you're like not, how many teenage kids go to the bank? True, but <laughs> in this scenario, you know, this is a okay, hypothetically, this hypothetically, is a scenario, you know, okay. you go in there in your little Fortnite skeleton costume. Is that what you wore? Yeah, that's what I would do. That would be my costume. Is was that your costume? Oh, this no. time? oh. I was just thinking of like some random costume, you know, mm, yeah, sure. But you go in there, sure, you rob the bank, you leave, you take a bicycle so you can't get your plates. Sounds slow. You go, you go just a little ways away, maybe a quarter mile. You just go as quick as you can, like you're in a tour de France. 
you ditch that bicycle, you ditch your costume. Somewhere where they can't find it, obviously, or else they're going to find your, like, DNA on it and stuff. But then you just book it and never look back, and hopefully they just never find you because you're wearing that Fortnite skeleton costume, you know? Mm, yeah. That sounds... Yeah, hopefully yeah. there's no uh, criminals listening to this because that sounded, like, on point. Oh, no yeah. holes really in that at all. <laughs> yeah. Did that give you enough time to brainstorm? Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. So... If I was going to do it, I'd go old-fashioned. i say you put the ski mask on with the little cut-out hole and the uh-huh. little, yeah, yeah. little mouth sticking <laughs> out. you got the duck lips sticking uh-huh. out. And then you get your eyes whatnot sticking out. You bring a gun, right? Not saying you're shooting anybody. Don't shoot anybody. I wouldn't shoot anybody. Mm-hmm. But you bring a gun. Your Nerf gun. Yeah, it's spray-painted black. Yeah. Yeah. So you... Get the money, right? You're all, they put it all in the bag, okay? And uh, you'd have to be in a highly populated area. Or, or, I take that back, mm-hmm. extremely low populated area, mm-hmm. like in Wyoming or like North Dakota, South Dakota. Who, who lives in North Dakota, you know? Can't think of one person. I can't think of one, yeah. Oh. Right. Who knows? Maybe yeah. nobody lives there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go to the biggest bank there is. Because I'm sure any bank has to have, like, at least... A certain amount of money. A certain amount yeah. of money. Like, at least a milli, right? You'd think. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think yeah. I heard in the past, but like, I, I can't remember how much it is. Okay. Yeah. So, the reason I'd go to a smaller town is because less law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So, like, less reaction longer, time. Yeah. yeah. And... Then, okay, since this is just hypothetical, I say you have a jet waiting for you at a, a local airstrip. Uh-huh. Um, preferably, since it's rural, preferably like privately owned. Mm-hmm. So there's no uh, air traffic control, whatever. Nobody can stop you. So you, uh, and you're, you're riding a dirt bike. Right? Okay. Hang with me. I'm making this up as I go. But <laughs> you're riding a dirt bike, okay? You rob the bank. You take your dirt bike out to your plane, your jet, and you're not worried about uh, hiding evidence because you take that jet and you go. Oh, you ride the dirt bike on the jet. You take it with you. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Don't leave anything behind. Don't leave it. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you take that jet to a country where there's no uh, extradition, mm-hmm. like uh, let's say I don't know Cuba, um, or uh, I don't know some Zimbabwe. island. So, sure, yeah. you, if you're feeling that, take it somewhere to where you can't be extradited back to the United States, and then you live out the rest of your days uh-huh. with a. Uh, with your $1 million. With your $1 million. <laughs> For the rest of your life. Well, if you go to some third world sure. country, you yeah. You and then you start doing your little emails to the Americans. Yeah. You go, your little... If you pay me $10,000, uh, like <laughs> some, some fine medals. Yeah, you could. Or you're, uh, you're the prince from Africa. Yeah, that needs a small loan. Mm-hmm, to get to America. Yeah. That's what I would do. Yeah, well, I think if you combine both of us together, we got, you got the perfect plan. Yeah. Yeah. I guaranteed. Hypothetically. Anybody could rob a bank following that yeah. recipe. Uh-huh. 
It's deadly. Mm-hmm. Well. Speaking of, like, the unknown and, like, your Antarctica kind of alien type mm-hmm. of thing, uh, the other day I saw this TikTok, and it was talking about the Battle of Los Angeles. And I've heard of this before, but not in a long time. So, basically, the Battle of Los Angeles it took place on February 25th, 1942, at about 2.30 in the morning. And uh, what happened is a UFO uh, appeared in Santa Monica in L.A., and it hovered at, like, 7,000 feet, and all of the anti-aircraft, like, artillery guns started going crazy, shooting at it for two hours straight, nonstop, did no damage to it. Some guy, like, reported. Uh, <laughs> some guy who got interviewed in the newspaper. And, uh, <laughs> What's the credibility of this guy in the newspaper? Is he, like... I think, or it was some ex-military guy or something. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but they fired at it for, like, two hours straight, no damage at all, and, uh... It flew away, and nothing was known of it after that. A lot of people theorize that it was the Japanese attacking, because it was during like World War II, you know? Sounds racist. But, uh, yeah, that's why they had all the anti-aircraft guns. But it made me think of uh, the Roswell crash in New Mexico, because mm-hmm. another part, like another UFO alien type of occurrence, like in the western part of the United States. And that one is really crazy about like the whole crash and the whole cleanup site and all that stuff it just blows my mind how like we don't really know a ton more about that yeah well it's scary to think that the you only know (laughs) okay i sound like i have a tinfoil hat on right now (laughs) but you only know what the government wants you to know right so if they don't want you to know clearly what you said earlier with any type of government they could control whatever you know oh yeah Yeah. as long as they have access to the media which they do, they control whatever they want. There's a, just last year, actually, there was a declassified video uh, from the U.S. Navy, or U.S. Air Force, excuse me, off of the coast of California that they were running a training exercise, This uh, the Air Force was, and they were flying jets from certain points on the map to other points and going back and forth and whatnot and just practicing flying and dog fights and yeah whatever they could maneuvering and on their test flight on their radar a tic-tac sized ufo and ufo doesn't mean alien it just yeah. means unidentified flying object yeah. obviously i'm not telling anybody anything they don't know i'm just <laughs> clarifying yeah. that it doesn't mean alien yeah so they found a, a ufo on the radar and what was special about this is that it was moving up and down way too fast for it to be anything like natural, mm-hmm. I anything guess. Man-made. Anything yeah. man-made. Yeah. Nobody could figure out what they thought it was uh, faulty equipment at first. And then it got so close to them that they could see it with their own eyes. It wasn't like right up next to them, but it was within, you know, hundreds of yards so they could see it and it was rising and dropping elevation it went from 60,000 feet to 10,000 feet in half a second which is impossible with the technology we have now and um it wasn't like hovering or flying it didn't have or excuse me it wasn't like flying like a normal plane it didn't have like 
straightforward movement. So no, it was, like, yeah. it was uh, zigzagging yeah. back and forth, and it was the shape of a tic tac. And um, it didn't have, there was no exhaust or anything. It was just purely f- like propulsion based off of what they said gravity. Yeah. Like it was manipulating gravity. Just like smooth metal. Just smoothing. Just, and it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't accelerating and then slowing down, coming yeah. to a stop. It was just from point A to point B in a matter of a blink of an eye. Yeah. And they said that it knew where their checkpoints were before they did. Hmm. So it knew where they were headed before they knew where they were headed and it would beat them to those points. Like almost this is really, to- this is really competitive. Yeah, almost <laughs> like toying with them. Yeah. And uh if you want to look it up, it's called Captain Fravor Tic uh, Tac video. Huh. And uh, this guy, Captain Fravor, is like a, a really well-decorated um, Air Force pilot. And uh, he's done tons of interviews. So if that tickles your fancy, <laughs> I would look that up. Captain Fravor Tic Tac. Huh. You know what I've been really into lately is... Uh... Uh, videos about Wendigos. You know, oh my gosh. You know oh, dude, that gave me the chills just you saying Wendigo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, I used to be. Oh, yeah, I've been into them lately. Oh, I, gosh. A few years ago, I was really into them, and then I haven't watched any videos or like stories about them, whatever. And then lately, I've been listening to more of them because they're like really interesting, you know? Dude, yeah. Real or not, if you know. But if you don't know what a Wendigo is, yeah, it's explain basically it. in the Indian lore, it's like Native American lore uh when a man eats another man like commits cannibalism they turn into a wendigo they're like cursed for life and a wendigo basically is like a super tall humanoid type of creature extremely fast yeah like maybe like 10 feet tall and it has deer antlers and it smells like rotting flesh because it's the curse is that it constantly has to eat because it's always hungry and it will never never satisfy its hunger Mm-hmm. So out in the woods, and it has massive, sharp yeah. teeth. Yeah, like six inch long, like almost a shark's mouth full of teeth. And it has like red eyes, and yeah, and it's out in the woods all across. I guess like North the America yeah, like the northwestern, uh, yeah. north northern, like the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, and uh, I, it made me think of it as like okay, so in this lore, if someone eats another person I turn into a Wendigo and it made me think of the Donner Party and I was like wait mm. what if there's any Wendigo conspiracy theories mm-hmm. about the Donner Party because you know they, did you actually look that up? yeah and there's a, not a ton on it but there was a few articles about how maybe there's Wendigos there now because of the Donner Party because of the two people they ate wow well yeah. fun fact about the Donner Party and this is not Cap I saw well okay as far as I know this is not cap this has been information passed down generation to generation in my family I actually have two relatives that were in the Donner party oh. yeah my great 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 what however many great uh-huh. grandfather and was like what 18 grandmother or something around there right around gold rush right Somebody yeah honestly I yeah I'm not so, too sure so probably like your great 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 grandparents maybe, maybe yeah four greats yeah. probably yeah. at least yeah but uh, my grandfather died. Don't think he was the eaten one. one. Yeah. Uh, but my grand, my great 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 whatever grandmother survived. Uh-huh. Her name was uh, Mary. I'm not Mary. gonna say it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
So you have a connection with Wendigo. Yeah. Like, that's where you got the chills down your spine. Cause <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't that wild though? Yeah. Ain't that wild? Or isn't that wild? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not. That's no joke. I didn't make that up or anything. I legit Dang. am have re- relatives from the Donner Party. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and when I was like seven or something in like first grade, my gr- there was a like Donner Party uh, like convention thing <laughs> like not a convention but it was like a like a history like uh party con? yeah no it was like it was like uh like a seminar about yeah. the donner party and uh my grandma like took me out of school and we went to that and uh oh, okay look at your, <laughs> your grandfather wasn't here and he died well she doesn't have that deep a voice oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah she took me out of school we went to the donner party uh whatever it was convention thing and there was like a big seminar speech we listened to and then we found my relative's name on the board and she showed me there's only like 50 people there that's pretty cool yeah i know yeah. and um uh it was at the okay now not 50 people at the convention 50 people in the uh yeah, the in the donner party yeah. and then but now at the convention that i was at it was like i would say the average age was legit like 80 and I was probably like, I was, yeah, I was probably like seven. Yeah. And, uh, I think I was the only child there, but dude, that was, it was cool to learn about. Yeah. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Going back to the Wendigo thing, that is like, there's so many like, uh, folklore about like these creatures, like, especially across the United States I've noticed. Oh dude. And I like, there's gotta be one of them that's true. You gotta think, you know, yeah, some I mean, of them are really out there like dog man and crap like that yeah you ever heard of it yeah like, yeah that i don't believe in but i don't know there's certain like bigfoot you're yeah a big, you're big you're a big bigfoot believer i i know? am a big bigfoot believer I too a little bit you know and, yeah yeah so i went through i you didn't even know this i was actually gonna bring this up but oh. um i went through a uh, cryptozoology mm-hmm. uh, phase in my uh young life where I was obsessed with crypt- oh, cryptozoology, know. like things like the Jersey Devil, Chupacabra, uh, yeah. Bigfoot, Giants. Dude, I was obsessed with it in like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. Oh, dude, that was my jam. Hey, even if it's fake, it's still pretty cool to like just hear Oh, yeah. No. It's in, interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. No. There's like, I, okay, there's always, you know, a point zero zero one percent chance or one percent of you that believes in something it's not yeah. necessarily you believe it's just that you want to believe yeah, that it's yeah. real so you like hold on to that i want to believe football foot, <laughs> football yeah i want to believe foot. i want to believe football yeah. too those nfl refs are terrible yeah. dude, it's all rigged bigfoot is real that's that'd be sick if he was real yeah no yeah so back to that um i was on the oregon california border about six years ago and um through my uh cryptozoology phase i learned a decent amount about bigfoot and yeah i was i was certified (laughs) (laughs) okay i was well read on bigfoot okay so um one of the things that i knew about bigfoot is that they would break snap trees and they would make x's on their territory and so they would lay trees across each other in an x formation x marks the spot yeah kind of like marking their territory uh-huh. and uh i was on top of a mountain i was hunting 
backpack hunting, and I knew I was so far deep into the mountain that the chances of somebody else being up there with us, extremely unlikely. Like, extremely unlikely. We were way the heck back in there. And um, these trees that we came across were marked in an X formation at the very, almost at the very top of the mountain, just on the crest, just before, just before the, uh, the top of the mountain. And the X was basically marking out the entrance of, uh, the forest kind of, because before the top of the mountain, it was just bare grass, whatnot. And then at the top of the mountain, it had this forested area, like a woody not a very, not very big. It's probably, I don't know, few, maybe, maybe half a mile in diameter. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you measured the, the, uh, like the volume of the forest on yeah. top of the mountain. So at the entrance of this forest was two trees in an X mm-hmm. formation, and they were like good sized trees, like yeah. ten inches diameter, ten, ten Long, inches around. Too. Yeah, yeah, they were. Yeah at least 15 feet tall and they were like semi-fresh too so granted you know a person could be up there obviously Mm -hmm. but in the time frame that we were i didn't think anybody else was up there with us and there's a guy up there going i'm gonna get (laughs) i'm gonna get him yeah he he knew but uh the trees were snapped and they were kind of fresh too like within the last Within the last week and a half, two weeks, I mean, I don't know how you can date that, but they looked like I don't know how I don't know how you can date how <laughs> how fresh yeah how fresh a snap tree is, but it was still like moist, you know, it wasn't dried out yeah, yeah. like the the break, it was still moist, uh-huh. and it looked green, not green, but like yeah, you know, a tree out, green, yeah. yeah, and uh, so after that day, it kind of confirmed my Bigfoot uh believing this yeah to this day kate's profile or kate's picture of my phone is still the jack links bigfoot <laughs> messing with sasquatch, messing with sasquatch. <laughs> it's arguably <laughs> some of the best commercials ever those are great commercials i love those, I love those. what's your favorite uh I, I like the one i think they put like some type of food i, I would think they put the jack links on this uh oh. towel on the beach and there's a hole underneath and he falls in it and then or maybe they bury him in this. It's something with him being <laughs> stuck in sand, and he he like puts, pulls his uh, arms through the sand and grabs her feet and drags them underneath <laughs> the sand and like kills him or something. <laughs> My favorite is um, there there. It's like he's like a nice Bigfoot, and uh, they're like what si- a nice Bigfoot. <laughs> no, he's he's like a good guy, you know, solid. Yeah. And they're like sitting around a campfire with him. They're like roasting marshmallows, oh, okay. and they're passing around jerky. And he's all, oh, let me let me get some of that. And the lady's all, here, Bigfoot. And she's all, here, the Bigfoot's all, he's all, Bigfoot? He's all, my name's Daryl. <laughs> he's like, he's like, gets all sad. And he's all, huh. And like, gets up and walks away. Yeah. And like, leaves the campsite. He doesn't try to like, kill him at all? No, no, he just, he just. That was, was pretty funny. I've never seen that one. Yeah, it's like my favorite one. <laughs> Daryl. My name's Daryl. I have an uncle named Daryl. Oh, yeah. He looks like Bigfoot. <laughs> no joke. Looks like Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, another, like, crypto type of... Not crypto, but 
Everyone knows Slenderman, obviously. Oh, yeah. I know where you're going L- with local this. Local story about Slenderman, actually. When we were in, like, I think fifth grade, like around 2010, Slenderman was the big thing. We'd all play a game at night uh, in the dark, and we'd all freak out and get all scared. <laughs> and a few years, fast forward, Cade's over one day at my house, and we're just watching YouTube videos about, like, whatever, like, interesting topics. And we come across this video about Slenderman, and we're watching it, and it mentions that Slenderman, like, its origin story originates in Sterling City, which is this, like, remote town with about maybe, like, a, maybe, like, 500 people that live there. Maybe. Uh, it's in the woods, yeah, like, way minutes. up in the woods. Yeah, 30 minutes above our hometown, way out in the woods, in the middle of nowhere, and Slenderman originates. Yeah, there. in the 1980s. Yeah, about kids getting kidnapped. Yeah, they were yeah. on a, uh, this, like, group of kids from the school, the... At, you know, at that small a town, and back then, everybody went to the same school, just one little mm-hmm. school building, schoolhouse, and um, these kids were playing on a playground, and then, like, three of them went missing, like, went off into the woods or got kidnapped or whatever, and uh, they didn't, they couldn't find their bodies or remains or anything for years, yeah. and then one day, like, five years later, it might have been three, three or five years later, their clothes show up, and they were untouched. Like they were, they're un by the elements and everything. They were like clean, as perfectly as they were. That kind of sounds like the feral people thing we were talking about last week. I know it does exactly the same scenario. It does, except they didn't find any like bones or yeah, anything. Yeah, but still, the like circumstances are the same. That's yeah, I've never connected that before. Yeah. That's, that's creepy to, like, picture it. Like, just look at, like, your backyard and think of, like, Slenderman. There. Oh, I know. Obviously, Slenderman isn't real. No. But it's weird to think how, like, all these urban, like, myths and legends and these folklore all exist, right? There, yeah. You know? No, it is weird. Especially in this part of the United States, you know? That's just weird to think about. Well, and it's like, I don't mean to go too off topic here, but yeah. it's like, you know how people... uh like, believe in, or not believe in, but you know how, like, in the medieval times, there was dragons? Yeah. Um, a lot of people think that dragons actually were a thing, mm-hmm. simply because in so many different cultures, they all have a dragon in them, and they all have, they all depict some large flying lizard. Mm-hmm. Some of them breathe fire, some of them don't breathe fire, but... In almost like virtually every medieval civilization, whether it's uh, on like in the northern hemisphere or the southern hemisphere or whatever, like completely different parts of the world, never communicated with each yeah. other, no like no way of knowing what else is out there or who else is out there, so no way of communicating information with each other in folklore and whatnot. And all of these civilizations have some sort of dragon in them. And what they're thinking is... So you think, well, if there was dragons, we'd find fossils, right? What they say is that this, like, lizard, dragon, bird, animal... They say their bones were hollow, like a bird Mm -hmm. and like a lizard. Probably a fossil. So it wouldn't fossilize because it uh, it would just decay before any... uh, minerals had time to uh harden it's so hard to get a fossil to even like 
for the possibility of a fossil to even form. Yeah, like it's I, so unlikely. I saw this thing the other day. It was some type of species of dinosaur. And they were saying, I'm trying to remember what type of dinosaur it was, but they were saying the evidence for how they made it out to be, all the fossils they've ever found for could fit in the back of a pickup truck, and they're trying to, like, decide how the species looks and stuff, you know? Yeah. And, like, how you're talking about how they're all disconnected, all the civilizations, and they all have the same accounts. That was what makes me, like, believe stuff, like, not dragons specifically, but stuff like yeah. that. Like, even going further back, like, they communicated a little bit back then. Well, I mean... Through, like, the Silk Road and stuff like that in medieval times. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, like, even, like, in BC, you know, like, those times, they're, like, all societies... This is why I think aliens are real. Is that... <laughs> get off the deep Oh, whoa, whoa. Wait, hold on, hold on. That's groundbreaking. Well, that... do, you, do you believe in aliens? I don't believe in aliens. You don't believe in aliens, like, at all in the universe anywhere? No. You don't? Uh-uh. I, th- I think there is aliens. I don't know if they visited us, but I think it's awfully strange how all the civilizations back in the day, they all had depictions of, like, flying men in the sky. Yeah. And they really weren't connected back then. It was, like, people in North America and people in Egypt and everywhere. Yeah. Know? No, I've, I, I, uh, I agree with you on that. Here's my, here's my Explanation. hot take. Yeah. So... There is, uh, in the Bible, it talks about um, flying orbs mm-hmm. with, or flying, uh, not orbs, but balls of light yeah. with uh, lights around them. And they, they call it, or they, it, it doesn't, not exactly describe a ufo but what it says is like a disc with like fiery eyes is what they call it mm-hmm. and if you think about every um ufo like sighting mm-hmm. it's a circle or a saucer with like lights like circling yeah, yeah. around and the bible describes those lights as a, a as demons oh. so i think that's your take on That's it. my take, yeah. is that all those uh, sightings and UFO, UFO sightings would be uh, demons. It sounds yeah. weird to say, but... Yeah. I think another explanation for it maybe could be, you know how there's obviously like lost civilizations? I think there could have been in the past, before like we really got the ball rolling again as like a humanity, you know? There could have been very advanced civilizations that maybe... We're still around, maybe? I don't know, you know? Like, I, I think a lot, like, pretty much everyone who says they see a UFO is lying or they're capping, you know? Yeah. But I think there definitely is a possibility they could have been. Because, like, think about stuff like the pyramid. Like, they still can't even explain how the pyramid is built, you know? Yeah, I... And, like, the math, like, obviously they're good. Like, they're better at math than people realize today. But, like, I saw something about the pyramid the other day. It's, like at the exact center of our whole entire, like, earth. Like, where the, like... Yeah, the lines. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. It's like, how do you even know how to do that, you know? Yeah, no, that is It could be a weird nuts. coincidence, or, you know, stuff like that makes me, like, you know, question it. Yeah, I have heard people uh, arguing that, mm-hmm. that we're not giving them as much credit as they should have. Yeah. Because, like, people have said that, oh, we can't, like, they've done stuff in the pyramids that we can't even do today. Well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, we could do that today. Yeah. yeah, and 
they're saying that you know it definitely would not be easy, mm-hmm. but um, it's pot. It would be possible for them to do mm-hmm. back then. I saw that actually. I heard. I can't remember if this is like completely true or not, but this is what I heard. Uh, apparently, before like the Empire State Building was built and all those skyscrapers were built, built the uh, <laughs> the Great Pyramids were like the tallest buildings on Earth or something or structures. Wow. Or so up until like the early 1900s. Isn't that crazy to think of? Someone that's been there for like well, five thousand plus years. I mean, it's not that crazy to think of because if you think about it, in the 1800s, people weren't building skyscrapers. True. Or, yeah, they weren't really going for that type of architecture, but yeah, yeah. Well, because the 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 need for it wasn't there. Yeah. Like they, I'm sure they could have built that if they wanted to. Well, it makes you think like how advanced were they really if they just had all that extra time just to do it? Well, I mean, it was probably their, probably it was, their culture. It was probably generational. Like, yeah, you know how there's uh like chapels. Yeah. Or uh uh, what's the word for like a cathedrals oh yeah like the one that burnt down yeah 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 Yeah. like those take generations to build like your grandpa works on it your dad works on it and Uh you work on it and then your son maybe finishes it yeah right so and that was just a like a large church building imagine what the pyramid would have been at such a large scale it was probably like your great great grandpa worked on it Mm -hmm. then down the line then your son works on it and his son works on it and I saw a thing where Cleopatra is closer, like, she was alive, closer to, um, like... The Queen of England? Yeah, the Queen of England. Than when it was built. Than when the pyramids yeah. were built. That's crazy. Yeah. That. So, like, when everybody pictures Egypt and pyramids, you think of, like, Cleopatra yeah. and the Sphinx, or the Sphinx, <laughs> and, and uh, the pyramids and all that stuff, but... Those were like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years yeah. before she came around. Uh-huh. So that puts a perspective on it. Yeah. I wonder, I don't know, I feel like one day they're going to find something crazy in one of those like hidden tombs or something. Yeah, I know. They're probably not all... Probably not allowed to go. Probably not allowed. Yeah. Uh, I hope they don't. Have you heard of those people who get like cursed? Yeah, I was just saying. Well, there's, there's the movie The Mummy, right? Oh, no. I saw, <laughs> I saw something the other day. It was... Uh, some uh, queen or some queen or something of Egypt, she, her uh, tomb was opened up in like the early like 1900s or something. And there's like a curse on it or there's a warning saying like, don't take me out of here. Blah, 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 <laughs> and they took her out, obviously. And, uh, Logically. Yeah. And it was like such a bad curse that they like... Everyone who's involved with, like, died. Like, horrible <laughs> stuff happened to them. And, like, the last person who had is like, just get away from me. I'm, I'm going to sell it. And they sold it to someone in the U.S. And they brought it to the U.S. And it's, like, some museum down in the U.S. Oh, wow. That's yeah. nice. So that's nice to know. That's I think right. after 2020, we don't need to open any. Yeah. I feel, 2020 yeah, felt like a curse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? <laughs> I don't know why I just thought of this, but so you know how every hotel there's no thirteenth floor; it goes from twelve oh, to fourteen. Yeah. Is that every hotel? Every hotel. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, oh. it's because of uh, superstitions. Yeah, superstitions. Yeah. And even though they don't, they wouldn't believe it. Nobody like, if you, 
obviously you hear superstition. You're like, I'm not superstitious. But if there's a 13th floor, mm-hmm. and out of like 15 floors or whatever, 20 floors, however many are in a big hotel, and you're like one of the only people or the only person to check into the 13th floor, uh-huh. are you still going to do it? Or are you going to be like, screw well, that? Well, now that I know that there isn't any 13 floors. In the no, but say if there were. Oh, well, before you told me there wasn't any, yeah, I wouldn't even like realize no yeah yeah but then if once you got to the 13th floor and you're like whoa i'm the only person here would you be like that's sketchy maybe i don't know it depends if i was alone yeah but i was with someone else i'd be like whatever okay yeah. interesting braver man than i <laughs> you want to do it i wouldn't do it, do it. i'm not superstitious well mm, i'm kind of superstitious you're, not superstitious. you're just a little stitious i'm just i'm not <laughs> i'm not superstitious i'm just a little stitious <laughs> um i do I, i'll never walk underneath the ladder like oh. That's bad luck. Like, if you're on a job site or something, I'll walk around it. Even if it takes longer to, like, complete the job, I will not walk underneath the ladder. How many situations are you in that you might have to walk underneath the ladder? Tons every day. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. In construction work and... I'm not in that scenario that often, so I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah. I I wouldn't expect you to, but that's just an example. Never mind. Do you see a black cat? Are you real now, or are you... Mm, it's in my head. I'm like, great, black cat. But I'm like, I just carry on with my day. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I honestly don't even think of like any superstitions really. Maybe, I bet there's probably some, but like those typical, stereotypical ones. Like if a mirror like, breaks, it's bad luck for seven years. Yeah, like I don't even think of any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think of it. I don't, I don't believe it. Yeah. But like, it definitely is in my mind whenever it's in there. So I guess I, I'm probably more superstitious than the, than the next guy. Yeah. The closest one I could even think of that I've ever participated in is step on a crack breaker bottle. Okay. That's just like a little second grader thing you do, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. I, okay, to this day, <laughs> I don't step on cracks. Seriously? No. Oh, back when we were like kids in elementary school, like me and Garrett. You do it on purpose? Yeah, we'd step on the wow. cracks and go, God, Garrett, I just broke your mom's back. Wow. Wow. That's terrible. <laughs> that's, that's morbid. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that's a good ending point to our yeah, I think, episode. I think that sounds uh, it's about right. Hopefully, um, you hopefully guys you enjoyed. Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed. Oh, actually, we've got a, a word from our one of our sponsors. We've got a oh, shout right. out. Um, it is Labrat Exotic Animal Farm, and uh, if you are. In the market for a wallaby or a... Or a roo. Or a, a what? A roo. A roo. Oh, yeah, kangaroo. No, I don't think he sells oh. kangaroos. Let's see. I'm gonna, yeah. He's a great guy. He's a great, great guy. Work. Does great work. Uh, he's got a pretty neat Instagram page. I will say that. It's called Labrat Exotic Farm. He's got 940 followers. Get him to 1,000. Yeah, we're getting him to 1,000. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if we have enough to do that. <laughs> but uh, go check him out. Yeah. He sells all types of things. He's got hogs. He's got wallabies. He's got chickens with arms. Geese awesome. with arms. <laughs> he's got lots of stuff with arms. Yeah, lots of stuff. Yeah. He's got arms. He's got arms. Yeah. He's got He's got a quail. All types, all types of stuff. Go yeah. check him out. He's a cool guy. He's got a good page. Check him out. Mm-hmm. Go check them out. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. hope you enjoyed that. That wraps it up. Hopefully you enjoyed our uh, our off the deep end types of <laughs> yeah. talks today. Yeah, <laughs> we, we got down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, what you going to do, you know? What are you going to do? 
This is isn't that wild? And uh, that's what we're gonna get. Isn't that wild? Yeah. You never know what you're gonna get. Isn't that wild? Signing off. Peace. Peace.